Now, let me ask, and I want quick fire answers on this one. What do people love about Christmas? Anyone? Shoot. Lunch. Oh, man, after my own heart. I don't know who said it, but I just heard lunch. I love lunch. And the fact that lunch goes on for such a long time is just great. Um, what else do people love about Christmas? Family. family. Yes, family. Great. And it's a bit sad because some of people have family in New South Wales and further afield, and that's a bit sad, but yes. Friends. Yes. It's a lovely time of friends. Anything else? Buying gifts, yes. Buying gifts is it's a great thing to do at Christmas time. Uh, who likes receiving gifts? Oh, yeah, I like receiving gifts. Yes, gifts, yes, at the back. Sleeping in, that's wonderful. Sleeping in, and your parents are grateful for that. Yes, Heather. So, thank you very much. Celebrating the birth of Jesus. That's the big one, isn't it? Now, you know something I like about Christmas? And I've really enjoyed it in Brisbane, is I like Christmas lights. I like Christmas lights. Now, where do you, where do you see Christmas lights? Where do you see? You see them on Christmas trees. Well, that's got no lights. You see them on the ceilings of a church. You'll see them, yes. Yes, excellent. You saw them on a house yesterday when you got a lollipop. I'm not sure if I heard everything, but that's great. Good on, the, good on that. Lollipops. I wanna, can you tell me where that house is so I can also go? Oh, we've actually lo- we love Christmas lights. We just do. And we've loved seeing the houses that are lit up. And in our own road, there's a whole lot of, it's a sort of new development. Uh, we've got the old house, which is great, the bigger one. And, 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 but there's lots of new houses and they all put up lights. It's just this thing. So our house, our, our, our street is really lit. In fact, we've had to go buy lights, you know, just keep up with the Joneses. But, um, but we've been happy to do that. But we've loved the lights. It's, a, it's time to celebrate. And lights are a lovely way to celebrate. In fact, I hear that Alinta Energy and Seven News are clubbed together and have run a competition called Lighting Up Christmas where they, you know, houses can compete. And so I went online and I had a bit of a look. And uh, here's from around our lovely country. You've got Ipswich. Now, that's certainly going to keep you awake at night. Um, uh, and then there's the Gold Coast, which I'm, that, they kept awake at night with their phone, with their light electric, electrical bill. And then there's uh, Sydney. Uh, that's quite, well, well that, that, they're locked down. So, I mean, all they've got to do is go buy lights. And then there's uh, Mandurah. I thought this was pretty, pretty impressive there in the Western Australia. And close to Perth, which is also pretty fancy. And then there's Melbourne. And keeping the best to last is Brisbane. Brisbane, look at that. That's pretty impressive. I almost, I'm wondering for the first is that two houses actually? I took it as one. It's one up. You went there last year. Where is it? Clayville. Okay. Clayfield. Okay, well there we know. We know where it is. We can follow the star. We can get there. Brisbane. It's in Clayfield. Excellent. But that's pretty impressive. Now, This may come as a surprise to some kids and adults, but in the original Christmas story, there was no Santa Claus, there was no Christmas tree, there was no sleigh or reindeer. Those are lovely things, but there was no none of them in the first... There was no roast turkey. There wasn't even snow. But there was a Christmas light. 
the original Christmas light, which was a star, which was a star. And it wasn't on top of a tree and it wasn't in the front of a house. This star, this star was high up in the sky and big and bright in the night sky. And the people who saw that star, remember the quiz? They were the magi. The magi saw the star. Now, sometimes they're called wise men, but we'll come to that. Now, this may come as a surprise, but the Bible doesn't actually tell us how many magi there were. We're not told they were kings. We're not told their names. And that famous Christmas carol called We Three Three Kings of Orient Are, well, it's not quite accurate. It's all kind of Christmas card gloss. In fact, these guys weren't even at the birth of Jesus. They didn't come with the shepherds to visit the newborn. They came much later. Because we learn that Herod killed, King Herod killed all boys under the age of two, which suggests that the, the Magi came much later. And besides, they also didn't visit him in a stable. They came to a house, as we read in our story. So that was much later. So what does the Bible tell us about these guys? Well, the Bible tells us that they came from the east, which was probably Babylon, modern-day Iran, but we don't actually know. But it was in the east. But we're also told that they were magi, magi, which means, doesn't really mean wise men, magi means stargazers or astronomers. They were people who studied the stars, which back then was quite normal because back then they studied the stars for signs of special events. And it was normal for Magi to pay their respects to any new king. So actually when Nero became Roman emperor, Magi came to pay him respect as the new king. Now, just because Matthew includes the story of the Magi does not mean he thinks that telling the future by the stars is good or sensible. In fact, Matthew, as a Jew back then, would have known very well that God is against any kind of future telling or any sort of magic based on stars. There's no value in reading horoscopes. And God says it's silly to find security from the stars. Now, we all find security in the wrong places. At least I know I do. But God says it's silly to find security in anything else other than him. But these stargazing astronomers, they didn't know any better. And God is God. He's in total control. Such that he can make sure that these magi interpret a new star as signaling the birth of a new king. And in this, they actually understood more than the Jewish theology professors of the day. So off they go to Jerusalem. Why Jerusalem? Because that's the capital. And of course you'd be guessing, well, that's where they thought a king would be born, in an important place like Jerusalem. And they go to King Herod, because that's the palace. And he's the... the the Roman governor of Judea. He's King Herod, because surely he'd know he's a king. And they go to Jerusalem where it's full of Jewish people. And surely they would know because it's their king, the king that they were promised. But here's the surprise. They don't know. Herod and everyone else in Jerusalem is disturbed, we're told in the Bible story. It means confused. They didn't know. And this confusion does raise a question. 
what, what kind of king is Jesus? I mean, the people he comes to don't even recognize him. He's born in a stable. I mean, really. And he's laid in an animal feeding trough, a manger. What kind of king is Jesus? It's a very good question. Because Jesus' humble birth tells us a great deal about God. It tells us what he's like. Gentle and humble. It tells us who he came for. The lowly and unimportant. People who aren't proud. And it tells us why he came. To ultimately be humbled, humiliated on a cross. To be obedient even to death on a cross. And he died there for our sin. Sin means to ignore or reject God as our king. And Jesus dies on the cross for our sin. He takes upon himself God's anger and judgment at our sin. So a humble birth tells us a great deal about this king, which actually really points to the true Christmas light. Because the star is actually not the true Christmas light. The true Christmas light is Jesus. He is the real star. Jesus grows up and goes on to teach people about who he is, that he is God. He's the great I am, which was the name of God for thousands of years before that. And Jesus says, I am. I am. And in John's story about Jesus, in chapter 8 of that story, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the light. Now, Jesus isn't a little star above a little town of Bethlehem. He's a star that brings light to the whole world. Now, what's interesting is Jesus tells this he says this during, he says it in Jerusalem during a big party, a big Jewish festival called the Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Tents. Now, during that festival, Jews would live outdoors in temporary uh, dwellings, temporary shelters made from tree branches. Now, why did they do that? Well, they did that to remind themselves of two things, because the Jews had been living for 40 years in a desert on their way to the promised land that God would give them. They lived for 40 years in a desert. And living outdoors, this festival reminded them of two things. Firstly, it reminded them of the tough times they faced when they lived in the desert. They lived in little tents, in shelters. It reminded them of the tough time. But more importantly, it reminded them how much God cared for them. That during that time, God provided for them and God led them through the desert to the promised land. And he led them at night by a pillar of fire. Now, during that festival, there was a ceremony called the lighting up of the temple. Now, the temple was God's big, well, the synagogue was, not the synagogue, the tabernacle was God's big tent and the temple was God's big house. It was the house where God symbolically lived among his people. And so they would light up this temple. And they would light up four 25-meter candles, candelabra. So, poof! It would be a huge light, bigger than the, that Brisbane house in Clayfield. It would, wow! It would be big and people would all come to see it. And that reminded the people of how God had led them through the desert. He led them through a pillar of fire. At night. 
And that was a sign of God's glorious presence among them, leading them through the desert to the promised land. Now Jesus, at this festival, he comes along and says to everybody, I am the light of the world. Jesus is saying, like the pillar of fire in the desert, like that pillar of fire, I am the divine light of God's presence among you. And I've come to lead you, to lead you, uh, lead everyone to those who are lost in darkness. I've come to lead them and lead them to the promised land of heaven. That's what Jesus is claiming. Now, friends, darkness is a good way to describe our situation, your and mine, because we're in trouble. God's word describes us as sinful people who've ignored God and rejected him as our king. We want to live as we please. And we, as God's word says, is we're lost and we're under God's judgment. And we need to be rescued. We need help. And we can't help ourselves. We can't break into God's light. But the good news is, through Jesus, God has crashed into our darkness. Jesus is the light and the one who brings life. But that does call for a, or require a response. And so Jesus says, he says, I am the light of the world. And then he says, anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Magi followed a star. We're invited to follow the Saviour. And as the Magi did, to joyfully worship Him. To recognise Him as a King. To bow before Him as the King of Kings. And to trust Him as Saviour. Today, this Christmas, is a great time to do that.